And and this particular attorney was, you know, threatening. Oh, I'm yeah, I'm gonna sue you guys. I'm gonna put you out of business. You guys, you know, you're never gonna do work in Albuquerque yeah, he, again. And we're like, yeah, he look, got wait. he got really aggressive really quick. So why would two guys leave comfortable jobs, move across the country, and start a business in an industry they don't know, a place they don't know? And could it be successful? We're Dale and Brian Carmen. Join us as we share our story and inspire you to become people of impact. Welcome to the Impact Without Limits podcast. Are you willing to not be the hero in order to win? Welcome back to the Impact Without Limits podcast. This is Dale Carmi sitting here. Brian. Hello. That nice introduction question. So we are back from the Frevlon conference. Our last episode, we were talking about, it was the initial conference, right? Well, yeah. Well, then we talked about how we kind of have these diverging paths between yeah. the, uh, so the we Frevlon have, Inc. We, and Frevlon Southwest. We have Southwest. our, our uh, national, again, air quotes, I probably do that too much, company and our local install. So as we tell this story, you know, we're, we're going to kind of go on these two paths. Sometimes we're going to be talking about how things went as the, the national brand and what was happening there with dealers and, and um, trying to build a brand and distribute a product. But we're still operating that business in Albuquerque. And we we're talking about robbing Peter to pay Paul. So the, the local business we were running was, it was a necessity because it was funding what we were doing at the national level, right? And we talked about that. So here... In this episode, I think we're going to focus on uh, a story that maybe a, more a, a little bit of both, it, but it, more, it more does, the local. It, it level. does cross over. It, yeah. it, it's a local story, but we had to involve um, a little of the the national feel. So, we, a couple things happened. We we came back from that first conference. We had a couple new dealers, and Joe, who had been with us at this point, coming up on a year. Yep told us, hey, guys, I'm thinking of moving down to Arizona. And Joe was with us. He was selling for us for the local dealership in Albuquerque. He was selling for Forever on Southwest. He was uh, just doing mostly residential sales and uh, really just had an opportunity to move to Phoenix to work with our dealer there, doing the same thing, but going to be doing sales for them. For them instead of for us. And, and he had family reasons. Yep. I think it was his daughter. Was was down there. He wanted to be close to his daughter, and so he came, he came to us. And look, you never want to lose somebody, right? Uh, right? You have you have people on your team. They become well, firstly, there's the business side. They become important part of your team, selling, making things happen. But there's the relational side. You get people you develop relationships with. So you know, it's was, it's was kind of like, well, it's a little bit of a bummer, but at the same time, you know, we want what's best for our people, and and we we say this a lot today, and and we said it. Maybe we didn't announce it back then, but we understand it. Uh, we we really want our people to do what's best for them, and and hopefully we create an environment and opportunity that what's best for them is working with us, but. There are a lot of other influences and a lot of other things that come into play that people consider. And in this case, Joe's family was an important part of that. Yeah, it's easy to say you want to you want to do what you want somebody to do what's in their best interest when that best interest is also in your, in best, your interest. best interest. In this case, we have, you know, somebody that's been in our sales team leaving and we're going to have to retrain a new salesperson and get somebody to fill that shoe. But at the same 
we just Actually, knew this we wanted was... somebody that would fill both of those shoes. <laughs> Thank you for catching that, because one shoe of Joe's wouldn't have been that's, enough, but to fill both of them would have been. That's a more... trick. Yes, but really, I mean that we still have that is something that we deal with today, right? We we have opportunities sometimes for uh, our team members or, or people that are that are part of our organization to to make moves that sometimes are are good and they're within our organization, and sometimes it's outside of our organization and. We really hate losing people, but at the same time, we want to do what's best for them. And so that doesn't mean we don't try to convince somebody that it's best for them to stay if we right. think that we'll, it is. We'll, we'll present we'll present our case and we'll say, we were just talking about this uh, with somebody this past week is we're saying, okay, here's here's what we have at stake here. Here's what we see for you. Here's what we see for our business. Here's the opportunity that lies ahead. Maybe you're not making what you want to make today, but here's the path we see going forward. And and we're going to do things to maybe show them the information we have that we see of why it would be good for them to stay with us. But they still need to take the information they have from us and from whatever other source and decide what's going to be best for them. And there's also a matter of timing, right? In, in this particular time, it was better for Joe to be down in Arizona. And, and ironically, after Joe moved... He actually sold more projects in Albuquerque <laughs> than he did when he was so there. It's like either, all of his stuff was closing. That's either after a comment moved. on how good he was while he was there, or maybe I think it I was get how him out good of the, he was. get him out of the way, and then people are like, okay, now we can do business. Yeah, I'm, I'm teasing Joe. You were you were very good and and uh, very powerful in that role. In the end, though, we want people to do what's best for them, where they feel God's calling them, and and we feel like long term. That will be best for us, even if we don't see it, even if it's hard for our business in the moment. And we've had multiple situations. Joe was one of them where they left and at later time came, came back. back. And um, so you always want to do that well. You always want to make sure you you send somebody off well. Yeah, and we've been on the other side of that, too, where people have left other places to come to us. And we're not out trying to, to steal somebody or hawk somebody. But if somebody comes to us and and they're, they're interested in opportunity, same thing. We're going to explain to them what we're doing and, and paint a vision. And, and, you know, if it's the good and, and the right time and everything works out, then that's great. So you, you'd kind of ask the question, are you willing to not be the hero in order to win? And, and that's kind of... Actually, you asked the question, but... Well, but, <laughs> but after I asked it, you I thought about it. it. I reflected, yes. you sure. But then the... The, what we just kind of talked about is kind of internal, right? It's easy to say, no, the best answer is always to be here on part of our team. Sometimes it's not, and, and you have to be the willing to not be the hero there. But we also have a story that was kind of, you know, we're back from, you know, this national conference, and we're in our local market, right? And we have a customer that we weren't oh, the yeah. hero for. Yeah. So I'll just set it up a little and bit. We, we, but I, I do want to say, you, you, you don't, have to be the hero. But when we go out to do a job, we always want to be the hero, yeah. right? We want to do things right. We want to interact the right way. We want to present the right image. And you want that customer to love you. You want that customer to love the product. You want them to love the job. You want them to be so thrilled about it. They tell everybody else about it. And and so I say that not from the standpoint of, you know, wanting to beat our chest and like, I'm the hero, but we want to be the hero to that customer. We want them to be thrilled, but sometimes, and then the story we're, we're about to get into, you have to be willing to step back and take, take a little bit of a backseat or, 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 you know, give up the hero status. Yeah. And, and the situation was we had a customer who wanted a putting green in their backyard, it happened to be an attorney and a nice 
neighborhood in Albuquerque. And we did the initial project and he wasn't happy. Yeah. I'm just going to say, let's, let's talk about the install and I don't mind to bore our audience a little bit too much, but putting greens are a different animal than just artificial turf. It's just putting down landscape or putting down a playground or whatever. Putting greens are, um, they have to be more precise. Obviously you're putting on them. So there's a small ball rolling across a, smooth surface and if there's any irregularities there are issues there you have the cups you have the the slope there there are so many little things about a putting green that you really have to be careful and and do them well which we did and we pride ourselves in that even though neither of us are really golfers right and we we didn't do a lot of that we knew how to build a putting green and so we we took our time we did what we thought was a very good job on this project yeah and i I don't remember exactly what the issue was when he called us back, but he wasn't happy with something about the project. And I believe it was the way the ball rolled or. There were a couple of things. There was a ball roll, but you remember the putting greens had a tendency to contract. Yeah. And we pulled off the edges a little bit. So we had a little separation between the the green and the grass. So I think that started like he sees that like, okay, there's a problem, but that made him think that everything had a problem. And he didn't like the ball roll and he didn't like the speed and he didn't like this and that. And he, he had a list. Yeah. So he list, look, lists aren't good. No. <laughs> so he called us with his list and you know, look, we were customer service is important to us. So we went out and we were still personally doing some of the install work. We, we went out and worked on this project and felt like we'd made it right. Felt like we had it in a good spot and addressed all of the concerns. But sometimes you have a customer and when they've been conditioned to think there's a problem, you can't solve it. And he was convinced that it just wasn't good enough. This happened a couple times. Yeah. So uh, I don't remember exactly, but I think the first time we went out, he maybe wasn't there. So we did the work, did the work on the green. We left and we get the call. You know, what's going on? Uh, I'm not happy. You guys need to get out here. You need to fix it. So we came back out. I think maybe the second time or maybe the third time we met with him and he was pointing things out to us. And, you know, he starts pointing at things that really, one, aren't a problem. Two, some things he's asking are things you can't correct. And we're trying to tell him, okay, that's not really a problem. And maybe we probably didn't say it the right way. We weren't very seasoned back then. But we went through multiple iterations of trying to do everything to make it right for this person. And just, you know, a little, little side note here. We're telling a story about us and selling a putting green. But Brian, you know, this is a story of life. This mm-hmm. happens in the workplace. This happens at home. This happens in the marketplace where, like you said, somebody gets an idea that it's not right and it's just hard to make it right. There's nothing you're going to do to please uh, that person. And look, we have plenty of friends that are attorneys. We There are some great people in the world that are attorneys. <laughs> but it also can be that sometimes certain attorneys can be a little cantankerous. Yes. And and this particular attorney was, you know, threatening. Oh, I'm, I'm going to sue you guys. I'm going to put you out of business. You guys, you know, you're never going to do work in Albuquerque yeah, he, again. And we're like, yeah, he, look, got, we, he got really aggressive really quick. And it was almost like he was trying to make an example of us. Like he was, yeah, he wanted to, um, 
scold us. He wanted, and, and I don't know if he was putting on a show for somebody else or if it was for himself. It it got a little bit ugly, and we're we're sitting there, right? We're we're a couple guys doing business, and and we also said as we tell our story in the timeline because we split Frevlon Inc. and and the local business. We're kind of going back a little bit. We we weren't. This is probably within the first year and a half. We weren't deep into yeah. um, Frevlon Southwest, and I don't I don't know what we're supposed to do to make this guy happy, but we want a happy customer. We don't. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> we don't like it, conflict. It, we, we we don't like unhappy customers, and we certainly didn't want to get sued. Right when this guy throws out the lawsuit card, I was like, "Slow down, buddy." <laughs> we're we're just putting it a budding green. So we were at the point we were ready to say, yeah, "Let's just pull it out." Yeah, what do we do? And so at this point, we have this. You know, one of the things he he approached us with is he's like, "I went on to your website. I went on to." the forever on website. Mm-hmm. And if you guys can't make this right, I'm going to call the corporate office and basically I'm going to tell on you. And we're sitting there thinking there were two ways we could have played it. We could have said, Hey pal, we are the, the corporate owners. office. We own forever on, but for some reason we, we had enough um, wisdom or, or foresight to say, you know what? Go ahead. If if you think that's what you need to do, go ahead and call the corporate office in Florida and let them know that you weren't happy with our service. And then we leave and we go and we call Ty. Well, well, right, because so, the corporate office is us, but we had incorporated in, in Florida, Florida and used Ty's address there and, and his phone number. I think the 800 number might have gone to, to Ty there. It might not even be the 800 number, but so we're like, yeah, okay, buddy, get, Call call up corporate and, and let it rip. So we called Ty and said, Ty, hey, listen, you've got to help us out. This guy's going to call. He's upset. See what you can do. And so sure enough, within a couple hours, the guy calls and, and starts telling Ty how bad we were, what an awful job we did, and how he just, he wasn't happy. And if he had to, he was going to sue. And Ty, without knowing it, probably did the three Ds, right? Yeah, right. What the guy really wanted to do, he wanted to tell on us, yeah. right? He wanted he wanted to put us in our place. He wanted us to not be the hero. He wanted us to feel the pain. Yeah. And so you said, Ty probably Ty, did the 3Ds. Ty listened to him, talked through it with him, and listened to his complaints, and, and eventually said, look, I'm going to make this right. He said, I will call those guys. I'll get them back out there. I'll make sure that they do what needs to be done to make this right. Sure enough, Ty gave us a call and said, hey, guys, um, just talk to him. I don't know what you need to do, but do something. Do something. Right. I think I think I remember Ty told us, you guys need to go back out and do something. We're like, Ty, there's nothing else to do, right? Anything that can be done to that green has been done. You know, we've got it. And Ty's like, just do just go. something. <laughs> go out there and do something. So we did, we went out to, to the house and, and I don't know if we did it on purpose or, or it just worked that way, but we did it when he was home Yep. and we got out there and Brian, I remember we're looking at each other like, okay, I'm not sure what else we can do. So we, we literally said, let's just like crawl around, look at the green. We got take, some loose debris do, off. Do some stuff. We, we blew lower. it. We, we groomed it. We checked the seams and we spent probably half an hour to an hour out there, just, just kind of going around 
pretend, I, I don't want to really say pretending to do stuff, but we had just, already just done doing we right. We, we, we didn't do anything really new to it. We just did a little bit of stuff. And what was the reaction? He came out and he looked at it and he's like, finally, finally, you guys have got this right where it needs to be. It's wonderful. I'm so thankful that you guys made it right. And I'm going to tell everybody what a good job you did. It, it was, it was night and day. If we had a camera, my jaw would have probably hit the ground. You would have seen my jaw just drop. And the, the, because we knew there was nothing different on that green that day than there was the week before when he basically kicked us out and called the corporate office to tell on us. But he had had his chance to vent. He had had his voice heard. He had his chance to complain and to tell on us. And as the customer, I think that's really what he wanted. He wanted to be heard. He wanted to be valued. And once that was done and we came back out, we suddenly, not that we wanted to be, but we suddenly became the hero again. Because he was like... Well, Ty was really the hero. Ty was the hero, but but he told us. He said, guys... I know you had a rough start and I know this didn't go right. And I'm sorry I had to call and, you know, get ugly, talk to Ty and tell him what's going on. But he said, I'll call Ty now and let him know what a good job you guys did. And, you know, you basically, you really saved it. And there are times in life where you hit those moments where you, you're kind of an impasse with someone and you're never going to convince them that they were wrong and you were right. So something has to give, something has to be different. And in this case, the ability for him just to call and vent, for him to call and tell on us and and have someone else come down on us and make us, make him happy was all that needed to be done. And in that moment, we could have pulled the the card of, oh no, we own forever. Right, he never knew we were owners. Nope. He thought we were a dealer of this national company. And we could have pushed back. We could have, you know, been stiff necked and, and, you know, really fought with them on this and say, Hey, we are the owners. This is, you got what you got. And you're talking to the guys. Um, We had to check our egos. We had to check our pride a little bit and we had to be willing to, to let him take us out behind the woodshed and beat us (laughs) some, uh, so to speak. And so, you know, to get back to the question, are you willing to not be the hero? This was a time where we had to be willing to take a loss in the moment, to look like we weren't the expert, to look like we weren't the owners. We weren't anything, you know, other than just these guys out here in, installing that couldn't get anything right. And and he was so happy to be able to tell on us and have somebody else call us and give us a hard time and make us correct it for him. But if we would have fought that, we never would have gotten to a happy customer, but being willing to to take the loss in the moment and look like the bad guy was all he needed to be happy. Yeah. And this guy became so happy that he referred us to his sister who was wanting a putting green and wanted us to go do that. Uh, we, we, I think we were busy. Yeah. We actually told him, you know, we would love to do that, but we're really busy. The schedule's booked up. Let me tell you about a couple other companies you might be able to call that could do that. We wanted rid of that one because there is such a thing as a bad customer, and um, he might have been one of those. But it ended well at that point. We just didn't want uh, the extra chapter to be written. And, you know, Brian, we see this in the sports world. Uh, You and I love sports. We love watching, um, you know, pretty much any anything that's really competitive. But a lot of times you'll see a team 
that is maybe winning and doing well, but but the guy, the, the guy that's supposed to be the main guy may not be having a great game and maybe he's not getting the ball or maybe he's not part of the game plan and he starts to pout and starts to throw a fit. And the fact that the team is winning doesn't matter to him because he wants to be the hero, he or she. And they want to be the guy. And what we're telling you is, don't be the guy that wants to be the guy. Yep. Be willing to be the guy that that isn't the hero, that takes the back seat, and is more worried about the good of the team than the good of the individual. And you're going to hear that theme keep coming around, right? It's not all about you. It's about a lot more than you. Yeah. And, and again, I, w- I would just encourage you wherever you are, and maybe you're running a business and, and you have somebody that is upset with you and you've got to find a way to, to let them tell on you or let them vent, take the loss in the moment. Don't win the argument, let them win the argument, but you know, play the long game and and get it right. Or maybe you're on a sports team and you're the guy that usually carries the day and you like being the hero, but there are certain times where maybe it's just not your day or something else is working better and you've got to step back and, and not be the, the hero for the moment. But I would just encourage you to think long-term, maybe, you know, whatever it is, don't look at winning the moment, look at winning the game and being willing to, to take a backseat at times. Yeah, and in, in life, right, I don't even know if this is going to fit in, but there are always those people that want to tell. And I remember being one of those people as a kid. My favorite line was, uh, I'm going to tell, to Jim and Ken was, I'm going to tell dad on you. I'm going to tell you on dad. And then I get confused which dad. way it I'm went. Gonna, yeah. and, I, and I would say it all. And they would just be sitting there laughing at me. But all I wanted to do was tell on him. And if I got up and told on him, I felt better. And so I was that bad customer <laughs> that was looking to throw people down. So that that's a mentality. Now, fortunately for me, I outgrew it. I'm glad I, to know I, that people can I change. Got, I got past that one. Um, but there are people out there still today that, Man, if anything goes slightly wrong, they want to hold. They they they, they want to get their pound of flesh, so to speak. And you have to be willing to allow that to happen sometimes to get to a good ending. So hopefully, there's a message in there that is applicable to where you're at and something that uh, can can help you uh, move forward. And again, this is all about being people of impact and and creating people of impact. So you know, take this message. Go be people of impact. And if you enjoyed this message, share it. You know, take a, a screenshot of the, the podcast you're listening to and, and post it on social media or share it with a friend. We'd love to have uh, more people join the Impact Without Limits audience. Absolutely. Spread the good word, guys. This is the Fred Carmi reminding you that faith looks up, hope looks ahead, and love looks all around to see whom it can help. Good day.